Good to have you here. Appreciate you spending some time with the show. Coming up uh, just after 9 o'clock, we are going to speak with Lisa Graham Keegan. You may know that name. She was superintendent of public instruction here in the state of Arizona for a long time. She also was a state legislator. She has been chosen by the governor to lead the summer program, the summer learning program to catch students up. We are going to talk to her about that program, how your kids can get involved, who are some of the organizations that will be implementing these camps, and what it's really going to be all about. What will they be learning? So it should be an interesting and very um, informative conversation. It happens just after nine. We start this morning with, of course, what's happening in Ukraine. New information out as Putin lays out his demands for a ceasefire in a call with the Turkish president. And uh, the talk of these peace talks, I want to start with an ABC report about chemical weapons and peace talks. U.S. Secretary Blinken said he personally agreed with President Biden that the Russians are committing war crimes and said the U.S. would be investigating and had this warning. We have a strong sense of what Russia could do next. We believe that Moscow may be setting the stage to use a chemical weapon and then falsely blame Ukraine to justify escalating its attacks on the Ukrainian people. Today, Ukraine's lead negotiator in talks with Russia said a compromise on a future peace agreement could be reached within a couple of days or a couple of weeks with a possible summit between Zelensky and Putin. A lot of interesting things have been happening in the last uh, couple of days as more and more people around the world are speaking out. Where do the Chinese uh, land on this? The president, our president, is talking with the president of China. This uh, Today, they will be discussing China's stance on this. They have, it, at least publicly it appears, the Chinese have wavered a little bit. A few weeks ago, their support for Russia was they said it was it was undeniable. They said that they have a, a an unlimited alliance, that there were no limits in their partnership. They called them their most strategic partner. And then a couple of weeks later, they made a comment of how they were going to stay out of what's happening in Ukraine. And then recently, one of their leaders made a comment uh, complimenting the courage of the Ukrainian people. So are they turning a corner? And we don't know that. But we'll find out more today as our president talks with them. Vladimir Putin, according to a report, is asking for a face-to-face negotiation meeting with President Zelensky. Zelensky in the past has said he's not opposed to any something like that. So that may happen. There were other conditions Putin listed. And didn't go into many details about that, but they involve territories that have broken away from Ukraine and east in the eastern uh, Donbas region. And according to this, it is assumed Putin will ask Ukraine to give up territory in the east and formally recognize Crimea, which Russia illegally annexed in 2014 as part of Russia. That would be part of the demands from Vladimir Putin. There are more and more reports coming out that they are running out of ammunition, that their their troops don't really have the heart to fight. And the reason why, if you think about this from the reports we've heard, is that Many of the Russian people are being told that this is all a big lie. The Russian controls the media, and they're able to, in many cases, tell the Russian people that this is a Ukrainians were going to, along with NATO forces, were going to invade Russia, that Russians are freedom fighters, that they are protecting freedom, that all of these other things are made up lies by the West. And it's really, it's working with some of the Russian people, but a lot of the Russian soldiers that are in these fights were told that they were going into training missions, and when they went into Ukraine, they weren't expecting death and mayhem, and that's what they are seeing. They are also bombing and, uh, you know, they're bombing civilians, which many of these troops, if you you think about human beings that Americans are, you know, Americans would have a hard time going in somewhere and, and doing things like that. So this is where it's, it's difficult. Um, so I want you to hear a message. This is Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
uh, the former governor of California, of course, world famous bodybuilder and actor, talking. He went on Instagram and gave about a nine and a half or ten minute uh, speech in which he addressed the Russian people um, and had a couple of things to say. Some of the soldiers were told they were going to fight Nazis. Some were told that the Ukrainian people would greet them like heroes. And some were told that they were simply going on exercise. They didn't even know that they were going into war. And some were told that they were there to protect ethnic Russians in Ukraine. None of this is true. So how, you know, social media has been responsible for a lot of great things. We look at, or at least I do, you look at social media as a fun tool. You know, I like uh, I, I like reading what people have to say, and I get good and bad responses on social media. And I'm pretty snarky myself with the sarcasm and the things go back and forth. But there's not a lot of seriousness from me on social media. It's an information source. It's a way to correspond with people I wouldn't otherwise talk to. And I love that. I, I really enjoy it. Even the criticism is fun to me. I, I take it. You may mean it seriously. But I take it all with a grain of salt. I don't take social media very seriously. But when you look at the Arab Spring that, that popped up, when you look at some of the actions that have taken around the world where people are clamoring for freedom or they're clamoring against a state-run media that's lying to them, sometimes the information that they are finding out in reality is coming from social media. It's one of the reasons, as a just a little bit of a side note, it's one of the reasons why I am so adamantly against controlling what people say this idea of fact checking sounds like a great idea it does it sounds like you know what we're just trying to make sure people understand that there are people out there with an agenda and some things just aren't true well when you start doing that who's the arbiter of the truth who is the one that gets to claim what the truth is if if you have like we've had the department of homeland security saying that it's dangerous that people question the results of the 2020 election and it is destabilizing our election system and you're going to give the power of the government to say to people you can't question this because it's wrong it's been debunked and you um you you're not allowed to speak against this because you're dangerous and that's what they're doing labeling it as dangerous for national security which is why homeland security gets involved in it except i i just want be realistic what happens if, if former President Trump, and he's still considering whether he's going to run for president again, he made the announcement yesterday, if he runs again, Mike Pence will not be his running mate. So we don't know who that would be, who we would choose. But if he were to win a primary and win back the presidency, the Department of Homeland Security would have a whole new set of leadership. And then what happens to all the people out there that believes it's, da- it's dangerous to question what happened? In the election in 2020, what happens if the opposite happens in the Department of Homeland Security? And now the arbiters of truth are people that believe that is the truth, and that's the only truth you can speak. And anybody that speaks otherwise, that says it wasn't stolen, you're now dangerous because you're undermining the system and allowing people to steal elections. That's why in this country we allow people to speak. Arnold Schwarzenegger is speaking to the Russian people directly through social media. How many of them will actually see this or hear this? I don't know. But he said he's trying to reach them in in as many platforms as he can. We hold him up in high regard. The Russian government would say he's a misinformation specialist. He is someone spreading disinformation and he's a danger. 
That's why I'm so dead set against that word and that phrase and, 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 and stopping people from expressing themselves. Arnold Schwarzenegger goes on to say a little bit more. I know that your government has told you that this is a war to denazify Ukraine. Denazify Ukraine. This is not true. Ukraine is a country with a Jewish president, a Jewish president, I might add, whose father's three brothers were all murdered by the Nazis. You see? Ukraine did not start this war. Neither did nationalists or Nazis. Those in power in the Kremlin started this war. And so, you know, when you love, like it or not, someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger has worldwide appeal, a worldwide pull, worldwide exposure. People know that name and listen. And, you, you know, there are a lot of people that say, well, just because you're in the movies. No, he was also a governor of California. But he's also someone that is looking at this and wants to speak person to person and is using social media to do it. How effective that will be, I don't know. But I do know that as the word gets to the Russian people, if we as outsiders in the West, especially in the U.S., that don't want our troops on the ground or our planes flying in the sky to be part of World War Three, what's going to have to happen is the Russian people are going to be feeling the pinch of what this is doing to their economy. And it's going to decimate their economy to almost nothing. And then the people are going to have to rally and they're going to have to rise up against their government. And it's going to take people on the inside of their government to refuse to punch in the codes and turn the keys and push the buttons if there's a nuclear um, if the nuclear attack is ordered by by Vladimir Putin. So uh, I'm anxious to see how this all plays out coming up in a moment. Um, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to talk about gas prices here in America um, and gas prices in Arizona. Why are they really so high? There's a lot of questions about it. We're going to give you some things you may not know that contribute to the price of things that you and I buy. That's coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Thanks for being here. Happy Friday. Appreciate you spending some time with us. If you've not subscribed to the Mike Broomhead Show podcast, you can do it right now. It's very simple to do. You can do it from any of your devices. You'll never miss a minute of the show again. It's the Mike Broomhead Show podcast brought to you this week by my friend, Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get the most money selling your home for cash by going to highestprice.com. That's highestprice.com. Let's talk about gas prices. Um, I want you to hear a, a Fox Business report, just a little bit of a survey that was done about the about climbing and high gas prices. This is pretty fascinating. AAA surveyed uh, American travelers who said if it got to $4 a gallon for gas, 60% would buy less gas. 75% said they'd buy less if it was $5 a gallon. The reality, we're still buying gas. Take a look at the Morning Consult survey. The survey says 23% of us have bought less gas as a result of high prices 68 percent still buying the same amount and a lot of people are doing that because they have no choice you know if you own a small business you've got no choice if you have to go to work every day you've got no choice you can limit trips a lot of times this will be you know it's a great excuse if you don't want to see someone i just can't afford the gas um gas prices rise small business owners are going after the biden administration claiming that short-sighted energy policies are out of touch the white house is saying too many oil and gas companies are putting profits before people 
Let's go with that for a moment. Now, this is a former Obama advisor strategist, David Axelrod. We all know who David Axelrod is. This is what Axelrod had to say about this current White House blaming Putin. And, well, I don't, he doesn't go into blaming private industry, but about the Putin price hike. Why not uh, you know, just be blunt with people? But then now they've overcorrected. And so for a few days, he was saying... Everything is Putin's price hikes. Inflation is Putin's fault. People don't believe that either. They know that we had inflation before this. They know that gas prices were high before this. So they haven't dialed this in quite right yet. You can't blame everything in the economy on Putin. So uh, I believe Arizona has the third lowest. Um, I think it's uh, Mississippi is lower than us and uh, Hawaii is lower than us. But I think we're the third lowest gas tax in the nation here in Arizona. So people were asking, why are we paying so much? California has some unique reasons. A lot of it has to do with the fact that they are on a fuel island, meaning they don't have pipelines coming into California. All of the fuel they get is either shipped in or trucked in to California. It's not brought in by pipelines. Also, their environment mental regulations like we have summer blend our gas gets more expensive in the summer but not as much as california with their environmental restrictions in california makes it more expensive but what about this and i'm doing homework and doing a lot of reading on stuff laws sometimes get archaic and then they get in the way there is something in 1920 called the jones act many of you may have heard about it there was a story written back in uh, 2018 about it at by the cato institute long before any of this happened so this goes back almost four years and the jones act was supposed to uh, protect the American shipping industry. And basically what it says is if you are in the – if you ship something, if a ship goes into a port and when you ship between U.S. ports – You have to be in a U.S. flagged ship with a U.S. crew on board on a ship that was built in the U.S. And it was supposed to protect the shipping industry. Well, we have so few ships. So why do we import oil in some places? Well, part of the reason is it costs less money to buy oil and ship it here from a foreign country. Foreign ships can come here and dock in an American port, but they can't take goods, pick goods up at that port and take them to another American port. We have so few few tankers, no liquid uh, natural gas. We also then are so much more dependent on foreign goods because of our shipping restrictions. So it sounds like a simple thing to say, let's just get rid of the Jones Act. People have been advocating for that for years. But is it time to start looking at those things? The Biden administration is obviously not going to budge when it comes to their COVID-19, I'm sorry, their their, uh, climate change policies. Their climate change policies are that fossil fuels are the most dangerous thing to the entire world. There's a lot of Hollywood stars that are backing this up. But when you've got that kind of money, when you are as wealthy as a a Leonardo DiCaprio is, when you're as wealthy as some of these actors are, uh, you can you can stand on your principles and it's not hurting you to the average American. It is. And if you believe truly that the biggest threat to the planet right now is not Vladimir Putin, if the biggest threat facing the Americans right now, if you don't believe that it's inflation that is crushing businesses and families, and you believe it's climate change, then you're in lockstep with what this president is doing. The Jones Act might be a way to alleviate some of our supply chain issues and free up the way we ship from port to port. 
It might also alleviate some of our inflation issues, um, some of our offset of tr- trade, you know, where we are losing when it comes to trade. And it certainly could do a lot for our fuel prices. So I, I mean, it's worth taking a look at. If you want to do your homework on this, I, I just thought it was fascinating. That's something from 1920 that was designed to save and help and protect the shipping industry, the shipbuilding and shipping industry here in the U.S. now has become a liability and it is not cost effective. These stories are not just being written now. As a matter of fact, the Cato Institute study was done back in 2018. Just an interesting look if you want to do a little bit of homework on what's a, what are some of the other things affecting our prices. Want to remind you that just after nine o'clock, we are going to speak with Lisa Graham Keegan. She was chosen by the governor to head up the summer program, the summer camp program, the learning and the catch up program that the governor announced a few months ago. We are going to talk with her about this program, what organizations will be implementing it, um, who can get in, how you can get in, what they'll be teaching. We're going to talk about that after nine. And in a moment, Gatos joins me. And it's the big Q poll question of the day. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. How's your March Madness bracket looking? You know what? I didn't do a bracket. Oh, I, mean, for- I, I, I shouldn't. Wait a minute. I did do a bracket. I didn't submit a bracket. Does that make sense? I didn't. No. I'm not. I didn't go to a site and submit it and chase other people. But I did a bracket and made my picks. So, but, but that doesn't count. Against what? Again, well, you're supposed to be, you know, uh, you're supposed to join a group or, you know, throw five bucks on it. No. Why would you make picks and then not make a bet? I just wanted to see how I do. Oh, for crying out loud. That is just sad, man. I, I, I have to tell you, the yes. Kentucky game. Oh. What a game. I've, yeah. I, I love those upsets. Here's the thing. I'm not a big college basketball guy. Yeah, me neither, but, but I love March Madness. I do, too. And when you see the upsets, it's so much fun. I feel bad for Kentucky, but I love to see those kind of upsets. There's a big high school basketball tournament in my hometown every Christmas, and it's one of the biggest in the country. It's called the City of Palms Classic. And when I go home for Christmas, my brother and I end up going with my nephew, and we're there for three, four hours. It's just so much fun to watch those tournaments. Do you gamble on that one and make a bracket or no? No, no, no. I don't. Uh, it's okay, though, with uh, Kentucky. I only had them in the finals. Yeah, I had them in the final four. Yeah, they're dead to me. Yeah, yeah. Kentucky have, is completely. Who do you have dead winning it? Uh, Kansas. Okay. You want to know why? Sure. I have no idea. Okay. I ask me to name one college basketball player. Yeah. I don't know any of them. I, That's uh, the beauty of March Madness. Yeah. You don't have to know any of it. I picked Arizona to win it all. Well, they're very good, but now you're just being a homer. No, I'm not. I mean, I again, I'm a homer for the Miami Hurricanes. They're playing today. They've got a. They're playing. I love the fact that they're playing against USC because I hate USC. So yeah. I'm hoping they're upset. They're the underdog. They're the tenth seed. USC is the seven. Uh, so I watch the Hurricanes play. Um, but I'm not a homer for any Arizona team because my college heart still belongs to Miami. Huh. I don't know. I think you know. Ever like the the the. the the people who keep picking the finals, they're going with the U of A. Or what are they calling themselves now? What is that silly name they're calling themselves? Um, uh, uh, Arizona U. What is it No, again? I don't know. U, U, U Arizona. U Arizona, ah, I think. I can't keep up with it. Uh, Gonzaga is another one. You know, you got to put them, you know, uh, in the final somewhere because it's fun to say Gonzaga on it the is. radio. It is. But uh, let me read you my cue. Uh, right. It's the same thing that I just asked you. How's your March Madness bracket looking? So I've got uh, I've got uh, three three possibilities. Fantastic! I'm in it to win. Uh, B. Uh, I took some hits. 
but it's not a dumpster fire yet. That's probably where I am. Okay. Uh, and then C, I haven't seen this much red on a piece of paper since middle school algebra. <laughs> so I'm probably getting there. I'm right. probably approaching the, or I could, you know, I should have done D. Do what Mike Broomhead does. You don't know, participate. Don't participate. <laughs> right. but, uh, actually, actually, make a bracket and don't submit anywhere. They say You're probably hey, the only one in the country that's right. done that. Well, Everybody the, has a bracket. See, you know the the motto is you can't win if you don't play. Well, mine is right. you can't lose if you don't play. Well, that's true too. I can't but get I, embarrassed by I can't be embarrassed by ESPN or whatever organization telling me that you are ranked you know four hundred eighty five thousand out of five hundred thousand after after day one. Well, we're in. We're uh, we have the KTAR pool, so everybody in the office, we have the office pool going. Nobody invited and me to that. Nobody invited you. Nope. No, I didn't even know. No about way. It. You did not didn't, get the email. Didn't know about it till oh you my just gosh. said it. All right. I, you you're know not what? even. You're if not even I, new anymore. You've been here a couple years. If I had years. any feelings at all, they'd be hurt. That's oh my all gosh. I'm saying. I'm personally inviting you next year. I'm okay. going to put this on my calendar. All right. That's an outrage. Gatos, thanks, man. Okay, man. All right. That's Gatos and the Big Q poll question of the day brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. You can go to KTAR.com and weigh in. Coming up, we are going to speak with Lisa Graham Keegan. She has been tagged by the governor to run the summer school program to catch kids up. We're going to find out all the details coming here in just a moment or two.